As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that says amen like those hot people popping online, it's Sif Pop. Literally popping yep. online. Literally mm-hmm. Sif Pop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he means more to me than my precious clocks. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. In the moonlight, he almost looks like a real boy. It's Ian Whittington. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which parts don't? <laughs> Give me some specifics. <laughs> It's, oh. it's the lighting. It's really the lighting. It's just the moonlight. Yeah, you know? no, that's yeah. fair. That's when fair. the moon hits your eye. Like a, yep, got yep, it. You're good. good. You're good. <laughs> uh, it is great to have you back, Ian. It's great to be back and, in the uh, Not room only back you. on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm in his space. You you may have heard our guest that Ian and I have in the studio with us this morning. Uh, we so do sad. have We do have a little puppers, and she she is picking this time to whine a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's coming through or not, but I did want to I did want to bring her up because she mm-hmm. also is walking around a little bit. And if she unplugs something, oh <laughs> yes, that is very likely. We yeah. could go away very, very quickly. And Aaron said, "Little, this dog is a horse. <laughs> I could disappear. I could actually." Do- I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if it's a little puppy, could you pick it up Wait, and show was, was everybody on YouTube? Was that the dog or was that you, Ian? No, that was, that was the dog, because I just untangled a, a, um, a uh, cord from around her nose. <laughs> nice. You good? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like, the, you know, live show. Live show. I'm leaving editing. this show, guys. Editing, editing, editing. editing. Mark, it. Mark it on the edit. Uh, so anyhow, wanted the live show to know about that. Phil will do his best to edit any of that out of the show. 
uh, that we can, and hopefully, hopefully my Canon uh, EOS is okay because <laughs> <laughs> that dog took out a camera. He noticed. He mentioned everything in the room besides Ian. He never said, "I hope Ian's okay." <laughs> yeah, he's fine. My he's camera, fine. my cords, the dog. Phil, oh Phil yeah, has joined in the private chat and said, "I'm leaving all of this in." Well, yeah. all right, do as you will, Phil. Do yeah. as you will. Uh-huh. You're the boss. You are the boss, producer <laughs> Phil. My. Nick in the chat. This is why we can't have nice things. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Including yeah. English yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, Lolly yeah. in the chat says, edit Ian Chaos out. Ooh, full time job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Yeah. True story. Uh, We do want to get into the reviews for today. We have a couple of reviews today of uh, the new Pinocchio. Not one of the new Pinocchios that's coming out this year. There are two Pinocchios coming out this year. Oh, that's insane. Uh, Not the Guillermo del Toro one that Netflix is putting out, but the Disney Plus one. Mm -hmm. This is the the live action Disney Plus one uh, that's coming out. Pinocchio. And then also we're going to talk about Hawk for Jesus Save Your Soul. Do it. uh, Which uh, also came out this week on in theaters and on Peacock. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, so that'll in theaters. That'll I checked it. and it wasn't showing around here. Oh, really? It was at it was it was at the draft house. Mm-hmm. Honk for I Jesus checked. was at was at the draft was, house. Maybe maybe it's not anymore, but it was last week. Um, oh, okay. So because just so everybody knows, I did not get to see the Honk for Jesus movie. Um, yeah. I for some reason my Peacock subscription was acting weird, and then I looked on the uh, the Alamo app and i didn't see it so yeah i just yeah. assumed that it just wasn't in theaters maybe maybe it was one of the maybe it dropped off on thursday maybe it was just there for like a week or something and i think they probably opened it a week earlier than they planned and it just confused everybody <laughs> thank you ian this this is a reference to the movie that andrew has not seen uh so so yeah we're going to talk about those uh, our best ever challenge is robert zemeckis so we're going to talk about yes. best ever robert zemeckis films uh today and then, of course, we will also do uh, some buried treasure uh, at the end. Before we get into any of that, I did want to make another announcement. Uh, Pop should be normal for this week and next week, but then maybe a little bit of interesting fun guess. stuff going on. I, I, I apparently won a grand <laughs> prize. Uh, congratulations to me. Uh, but uh, Alamo Drafthouse uh, did a... Fantastic Fest giveaway, and of the almost 10,000 entries, the one that they picked for the winner was mine. So I, I, I and Ian, since he's in town, will be my plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go down to Austin, Texas for Fantastic Fest for eight days <laughs> and watch a ton of movies. So I think what we're planning to do is record our thoughts on the movies we see and uh, use that as one of the weeks of Sif Pop. So I don't know if we'll do that daily, like every evening you and I will just chat about what we saw that day, that kind of thing, and then have producer Phil, you know, put those together. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, just wanted to give you a heads up on that. So if you look at the films that are showing at Fantastic Fest and you're like, ooh, I'm really curious about this one, now would be a great time to DM me or something Mm -hmm. and let me know because I don't watch trailers. I don't know what's coming out for the most part because I take it week by week. Mm -hmm. So I look at this list of movies and go, those are a bunch of movie (laughs) names. (laughs) That name looks good. (laughs) Right? So so I would absolutely be interested in in what you guys would want to hear about, what you would want to hear us talk about. So... And um, I will continue to watch the trailers afterwards and then explain to Aaron (laughs) how much they ruined the movie. It's true. It's true. It's one of his favorite things. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get into it, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Pinocchio. 
Hello, Pops. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Jumping keepers. An almost real boy. <laughs> Turn around. Let me get a look at you. I will be right here when you get back. Pinocchio is running around loose without a conscience. Can you imagine the trouble he's going to get into? Wouldn't want that on my conscience. Everybody who's anybody wants to be a somebody. But I want to be real. Why on earth would you want to be real when you can be famous? A live action and CGI retelling of the beloved tale of a wooden puppet who embarks on a thrilling adventure to become a real boy. Uh, Pinocchio is Disney's latest, we're going to take our animated stuff and make it live action movie, uh, but we're not going to put it in theaters. We're just going to throw it on Disney plus mm -hmm. Tom Hanks is Geppetto. Joseph Gordon Levitt, not sounding <laughs> anything like Joseph Gordon Levitt, no, no. uh, is, uh, Jiminy Cricket. Uh, so I'm interested in what you guys thought of this. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or is just okay? Andrew, we're going to kick it off with you today. Oh, I hated it. This is the worst movie of the year. Worst movie of Oof. the year. Wow. Oof. Love it. Oh, love easy. It. Easy. This is the worst movie of the year. Uh, Ian, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? It's okay. In the just okay It's realm. okay. It's pretty. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put this movie on... Hmm... I'm going to go low side of just okay. I'm going to join you in the just okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I will go low side of just okay. So Ian loved this movie. It was his favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Number one movie of the year. So That's how yep. this is going to sound. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what uh, what you liked about Pinocchio. Look, it's, it's going to be really superficial. And that often happens when, hey, you're redoing a story that's already been done pretty well the first mm -hmm. time. Of yeah. um, spoilery-ish there's a few changes in this movie makes a few adjustments but overall it, i had some laughs like there were a couple of moments that maybe the film didn't mean to make me laugh but it absolutely did uh -huh. so i kind of had a little bit of fun visually it's i mean it definitely helps watching this on a tv that is just ridiculously pretty but overall the the, the imagery itself is good to watch yeah, the cinematography is messy but it's still still Pretty. Listen, you don't have to be ashamed that you liked looking at this movie. It's gorgeous. I that think is. there are moments in this movie that are absolutely spectacular. Yeah, um, there are some like poster moments that you would absolutely just make a canvas out of and put up on your wall. Um, yeah, not much else. To, it's okay. It's nice to look at, and I laughed. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, I think I found myself about halfway through locking into the tone of the movie and mm -hmm. into what it wanted to do. It wasn't what I was wanting or expecting, None. but it was doing something specific, which I think was just being of these like remakes. This movie seemed the most willing to just be like, this is the goofy kind of movie we are. Mm -hmm. We're going to have clocks on the wall that reference the Lion King, mm -hmm. you know, like like stuff like that. And once I was able to suspend my disbelief and just go, oh, this is the kind of self-referential fun you want to have with this, mm. I was able to have a little more time. Now, some of that didn't make sense to me. For the life of me, I can't figure out why Pleasure Island felt so much like Disney World when it's right? like supposed to be the worst place ever. Uh -huh. It's supposed to be like the the uh, the debaucherous place on yep. Earth instead of the happiest place on Earth. But it it's was... so strange. It felt like you're just walking. Which one is the one where it's got like the street? Is that Holly? Uh, the um... Main Street? Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking about? You're talking about the Magic the Kingdom? Parks. Yeah. The ma no, the Magic. Yeah, the one that has like the one that looks like. Um... 
Hollywood and stuff. Oh, MGM. Well, what's not MGM Studios? It's Hollywood Studios now. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, anyway, it it felt like you're walking down there. It's so strange. What yeah. Odd choice. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Andrew, what are all the things you loved about this movie? Well, I didn't. It's the worst movie of the year. <laughs> Did think, you have anything? Anything where you're like, eh, Genuinely, I... Okay, there's a moment that made me laugh. Other than that, I was hating everything. Okay. And it's at the very end of the movie, I'll just say, a character is giving a recap to uh-huh. another character. Yeah. It, it made mm. me chuckle. Mm, that made me yeah. laugh as well. The, yeah. All in one day, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm talking life. about with like the meta self-referential mm. kind of humor that it wanted to do. And I was like, oh, okay. You're kind of doing like uh, Pinocchio pool, you yes, know, like, a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. here. So, um, and I don't know that it always works, but it, it once I was able to lock into it, I was able to give it a little more grace, I think, mm-hmm. and just let it be what it wanted to be. I need to find this amazing town where all the residents have different accents. <laughs> uh huh. You're not, not a wrong. Single one. You're not Tom wrong. Hanks is going to get a Razzie for this, right? You think so? Yeah. He wasn't the worst part of the movie. He's bad. He's really bad. And he's not. I mean, I mean, the guy who was Stromboli was annoying as I'll get. But I think Luke Tom Evans Hanks... was kind of great. Luke Evans was going for it, man. Oh yeah, he was a uh, Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. 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 It's one of the, I'm not sure if I liked it or not, but this did almost have like Tim Burton's Pinocchio kind of feel to it almost. Sure. And I think I kind of dug that a yeah. little bit. A That's little the bit. thing about this movie I hate the most is mm-hmm. the fact that I know the reason they made this movie is because they heard back in 2016 Guillermo del Toro was going to try and make a new telling of Pinocchio. Because like, it's public domain. Yeah. It's public domain, yeah. and they're like, well, we got to get ours out first. Yeah. So they rushed everything. Everything in this movie screams, "We, if we had more time, we could have made this good, but we had to beat Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I don't... I mean, obviously, they were going to do this at some point anyway. They're going mm-hmm. to remake all of their live act... Uh, their Why animated catalog. They? Like, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're making buckets of money for just redoing the same stuff. They're not going to stop doing that. I did want to talk about the public domain uh, part of this because this to me is, and I've been on the soapbox before, I'll be on it again, I'm sure. I think we respect the rights of creators way too much. We give them way too much leeway with the things that they have created because the idea of public domain is there comes a point with your creation where it no longer belongs to you. It belongs to culture. Right. Like that's the Mm -hmm. idea of public domain is that it's okay for other people to take your thing once it belongs to culture at large. Mm -hmm. Right. You've earned the money that you can from it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think that window should be a lot shorter. I think there may even, uh, you know, what is it? 70, 80 years. And then it can even go longer than that because they find loopholes in in ways to Mm. extend it or whatever. Yeah. Well, because the happy birthday ladies, you know. I don't even know how long they had it for. Right, so. right, right. But I'm but I'm telling you, the fact that there are two Pinocchio movies this year is not a terrible thing. Because if this one is bad, the other one might be good. And mm. it's interesting to see what other people can do with properties. Imagine a world where the copyright window is, you know, 20 years or something like that. And we are starting to allow people to make their own Terminator movies, star their own Star Wars movie, you know, and like mm. then it's just like whoever can do whatever 
and the best stuff is going to rise to the top. I mean, if you know, if Disney has already planted their feet and has made great stuff, well, that's fine. Keep making great stuff, and people people will keep you know paying to to go see it. But we are so locked into a copyright intellectual property mindset that it's hard for us to even fathom the idea that an intellectual property owner you know shouldn't have rights to keep people from making stuff about their stuff and it's like you know when it was when it was uh, the actual person and they created this thing and they needed a chance to have a livelihood from it so that before others had a chance to tell the story that they created that makes sense when mm. it's a multi-billion dollar corporation I just don't think it makes as much sense anymore. You know, as far as like, what are we, how, why, what are we protecting them from mm. at that point? So, um, anyhow, this is one of my soapboxes. And that's how interesting it is to talk about this Pinocchio movie is that we've spent longer talking about copyright law. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a Pinocchio movie like two years ago from like Italy or France or something? I think Ooh, it even I... like had an Oscar nomination. Hmm. <laughs> It could be. I don't. I don't remember it. I Italy don't would make more sense. <laughs> uh, another thing yeah. I wanted to tra- uh, talk about, and this will transition us into uh, negatives, which most of us, I, I'm, I'm sure, have more negatives than positives mm. uh, on this. And if you think of any other positives, that's fine. But I am baffled by some of the changes this makes to the mm. story. I don't know how the 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 changes that happen here, both at the very end uh, and in the kind of the final moments. Uh, and some other changes throughout how they benefit the storytelling, the tone of the movie. Like I can't, like I'm having real trouble figuring some of them out. Um, I think I may have put my finger on the final change. There's one final change at the very last second of this movie where something that, you know, from the other movies becomes something that's like, mm, is it? Mm, who knows? And I was like, why, what? Like, why, why is that? And I think, that is probably in relation to expense and the like the weirdness if it didn't change. So like the idea that if they kept the story the same, how do they do that? What does that look like? What is mm. it? And I think it became a little too complex and they were like, what if we just made it open ended? Uh, so, yeah, I have an alternate view on the decision. But yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think about the changes? Well, I think what the movie's trying to say, and I I know this is what you know too, Aaron. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that you didn't, but uh, uh, it's it's saying uh, you don't have to change to be you. You you are who you are, and that's okay. That's the angle I got it from, based on what Geppetto says as well. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to. Real is subjective. What's mm-hmm. your truth? No, I you know? I get that. I that's just what I that's, said. Like I know you got it, but I like, think that's uh, counter to the entire metaphor of the story, though. Totally like the, agree. Because totally the story's agree. a metaphor. It's not just a literal story. It's not about you being you being you. It's a, a literal metaphor for what it means to become a man. What it means to you know become a, an adult or to start seeing the world differently and, and finding different responsibilities. What it means to issue um, ideas of pleasure to uh, have ideas of responsibility. Now, there, there's a lot of this story that is written to, um, to really emphasize the uh, cultural idea of the worker, right? Like that, that, that there's a, a real um, idea of, yeah, don't have fun, work hard, you know, kind of thing, which is always an interesting one to, to parse. But, um, 
but yeah, it just it contradicts. It, it feels to me like it contradicts the rest of the metaphor. So I, it just it didn't make sense to me. But yeah, yeah. So this is a world where seeing a wooden boy come to life is shocking, but a cat and a fox walking down the street. <laughs> yes, you got it. Like yeah, it. you understand. Yeah. See, yeah. you know how it goes. Acting. <laughs> I didn't think this movie looked good. You guys brought that up. I saw a lot of times where like Geppetto or Stromboli would be picking up Pinocchio, and there was a lot of like hand bleed through and stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, the visuals didn't work for me. Like, can you can you say like uh, Ian? I, I know you said earlier on that you you said that there was some like a picturesque like a wallpaper visuals mm. can you mm. remember any that uh, yeah, I might pretty be much forgetting? all of the stuff at sea um the kind of towards the opening with the blue fairy is just stunning all of that is just really I really cynthia gorgeous Re- i love cynthia Re- she was, she's fantastic great um yeah. is it is it sabina the other puppeteer teenage witch <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes there's no strings on you aaron andrew <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, give me two that, seconds I can tell I you. Think it it's is Sabina. Yes, Sabina. Anyway, yeah, the 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 other puppeteer lady loved all of like her her character, what she was doing, the the stuff between her and her marionette puppet thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> best <laughs> ventriloquist ever. By the way, yes. Oh, yeah. are you kidding? Best like puppeteer ever as well. Like the yeah. spinning those those lines are getting tangled. I didn't. I didn't understand the ventriloquism. Why? <laughs> See, nobody. Yeah, I know. Nobody, nobody is else is looking seeing. at you. You can go yeah. ahead and move your mouth. mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, it's the illusion. The um, illusion. I did like the no strings on me musical number thing, but it's also I my favorite like bit. Of, you know, it's my I favorite like bit of too. the original, and they basically remade yeah. it shot for shot. So, no surprise there. Better. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about the music. Um, they added three or four songs, mm-hmm. uh, so there's several yeah, new songs. Um, I wasn't a big fan of any of them. No, they were really. fine, but I can't remember them. <laughs> the Luke Evans ones is the only one that I, that was fun, but I think that was more Luke Evans' performance mm-hmm. than necessarily the song itself. And he's got a voice so, on him too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can yeah. sing, man. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, I, I, I didn't hate them, but they didn't mm-hmm. seem to add much for me. Yeah, okay, I will say the 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 Pleasure Island. It feels cringy say, calling it that, but uh, um, I, I there were some visuals going on with the lights there that yeah, I could I could appreciate. Uh, oh, by the way, this movie's not for kids. The whole no, Pleasure Island thing is we talked. About, yeah, 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 no, it is not. In in the midst of it, I think I even just exclaimed as we were watching, and I was like, "What are they? This is a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> they are killing donkeys here. What is going? Ghost on? demons and yeah, yeah, and and, and, yeah, for and by the way, a a horrific uh, villainry that is not addressed, that is not resolved, that is not like you know, it it's introduced. Oh, and then, he's out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's interesting, and that's that's fine. Not every story has to resolve every single plot line, but that was you know one of the major villains of the story. But mm. this story has always been um, An acid kind trip. of yeah, just jump around to different things and jump not necessarily jump you know handle each oh, each one. Around. So, yeah. mm. uh, any other thoughts on Pinocchio 
EO. I think my my biggest overall negative, as much as I loved looking at it, I also hated looking at it because there are bits of this movie that are so busy and just a visual onslaught of fireworks and explosions and look over here, look over here. I yeah. if there is any character stuff to really delve into or any like heart to the story, I was so distracted by the visual spectacle um and the and the jumping around that it just it's not what i'm used to from from my disney things it seemed very super duper showy and superficial Mm -hmm. um i mentioned the joseph gordon levitt performance i'm not sure i like it uh it's definitely a performance uh the whole the whole jiminy cricket character was just a little much for me Mm. just the design the fourth wall breaking but it was the most deadpool part of the show wasn't it of the movie I mean, I except it was... It, it, not funny. Not funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh-huh. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. It, I think... I totally agree. It's not funny, but it is very impressive how much unlike George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt it sounds. Yeah, that's like, talent. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think, I think, even though I didn't like the uh, the performance, really, if the whole movie was like the Jiminy Cricket character, like if that was tonally what the whole, entire movie was like... You know, like oh gee, everybody was like that. Mm. I could have, I could have bought into it more. I think. I think it was going for that. I think that's part of Tom Hanks' really? performance. So, Hanks has two performances this year where he's really going for something. Um, and depending <laughs> I like on one, <laughs> yeah, you, you like the Elvis performance, right? I like, really you do. That was great. When he's many the, people yeah. think that's a terrible performance too. Like I've heard people talk about that. Um, and I just think he's he's going for something, and I think he's having fun. I, th- I think he's I think so just too. enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's it. And yeah, it works for you. It doesn't work for you. Um, I can see uh, you know parts of this movie being enjoyable, but like you said, it's not even like. I mean, I think I think you'd have to be eight or nine before I'd show you this if you were my kid. Like it's just <laughs> teen. <laughs> no, I think you can start to hand, like. I think we're a little bit protective of dark things mm. that, you know, that our kids can start processing at some point. But if like a four or five or six year old, like I would never show them this no. this movie, which is a really interesting choice uh, to make. So. <laughs> you wouldn't show them about 15 percent of this movie. Right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know. The whole I like, you know, even just like the getting kicked out of school stuff and just there's just a lot of meanies in this movie, mm. um, which is which is fine. It's you know, that's that's part of life. But, and it's funny yeah. because everybody's saying that this uh, Guillermo del Toro version is like the darkest iteration that's, of the story we, we're ever going to get. Right. So. Well, I imagine if, if Guillermo's doing it, the yeah, idea yeah. is to take it back to its roots, which is, you know more of like a Brothers Grimm, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, really dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> if no, you've never read the Brothers, <laughs> if you've never read the original Brothers Grimm for a lot of like Disney tales, like a, mm-hmm. I think The Little Mermaid or, or a Snow White or... One of them gets very murdery. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sleeping Beauty is not cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. It doesn't, it looks like... How do I wake her up? (laughs) Um, it looks like the original Pinocchio was written by an Italian writer named Carlo Carlotti. Um, and, uh, just was based on Italian culture and that kind of stuff. So this would have been in the late... 1800s. Yeah, the late Mm -hmm. 19th century, 1883. So, yeah. So, you know, the 80s. What are you going to (laughs) do? The 80s. (laughs) 
Nice. All right. Uh, I think we can move on. Um, but yes, yeah, suffice to say, not necessarily recommend from any of us, nope. um, even if no we did find a few scene. things that we liked um, in it. Yes, no post credit scene. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Honk for Jesus. Save your soul. I just want to clarify some things before we before we get started. Every woman is not built for the great responsibility of being a first lady. Pastor Lee Curtis Childs faces allegations of misconduct. His megachurch may never be the same. Lee Curtis and I, we're going to get to the other side. Here you Yeah, with the big old microphone. Come in closer, son. You're going to see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> In the aftermath of a huge scandal, Trinity Childs, the first lady of a prominent Southern Baptist megachurch, attempts to help her pastor husband, Lee Curtis Childs, rebuild their congregation. Um, This is satire-ish, mockumentary-ish, and then also really serious drama ish uh so that's what we're dealing with here we've got sterling k brown uh and regina in there doing stuff um jordan peele's production company uh putting this together monkey paw and i don't know i'm curious your thoughts on this one did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay andrew you haven't seen it I have not uh, so i'm gonna go with loved uh, it. <laughs> loved it for you uh ian what do you think uh i loved it with two huge caveats Mm. so two huge caveats that don't keep you from saying that you loved it yeah they're more defending that i love it (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to like have my cake and enjoy it too (laughs) i'm in just okay on this one too i have a lot on both sides of the column here this is one of those Mm -hmm. those times when you say it's a just okay where the meh part of just okay is not what i mean no this movie is not meh this movie is for me was firecrackers and crickets. Like mm-hmm. it was, it, it, there were moments of like just pure hilarity, genius stuff. I like theater, <laughs> <laughs> and then just and then moments of just kind of what are we doing here? So I mm-hmm. had I had like big big checks on both sides of the column that land me in the it was just okay, and I'll even just say high side of just okay, just because I think overall. This, I'm Come glad, on, you liked it. I, no, I'm glad this movie exists. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I, I like uh, what it's doing. But Ian, you liked it more than me. So why don't you talk mm-hmm. about uh, some of the stuff that you uh, enjoyed? Well, my, my two big caveats is that I will always enjoy any mockumentary documentary that deals with this subject matter and brings it to the front. That is, I'm always going to have a bias towards enjoying that more. The other big caveat is I have no idea about this area of culture and i'm so uneducated about it i don't know how there there will be stuff that is completely missed when was me the, when was the last time you went to a mega church <laughs> uh, correct exactly um we got one down never. the road <laughs> we do we need to get a, oh wow we um, get a giant one yeah never never like there is so much of this that missed me there's so much that i will be i think is subtle and on the nose and just absolutely isn't um um and that's actually my my biggest negative is that this can't i don't know that this can be called satire because it's just there's no subtlety to it this is just a well that is satire by the that would make it more satire the lack lack of of the lack of subtlety would make it more satire yeah okay um i'm trying to think how to word that it it just feels too on the nose it doesn't feel like there's you have to take too much of a leap it's just almost a it's a cartoon 
But I guess that's satire. Are you saying that I the actual subject matter itself is already ridiculous, so it makes it difficult to make it satire? Yeah, I think that's right. I, I feel like this didn't take too many steps to the extreme. It's are you just- saying... Are you saying the similar thing that everybody said? Not everybody, but many, many people said about "Don't Look Up." Do you remember "Don't Look Up" uh, coming out with like the end of the world yeah. and like Leo DiCaprio? Um, no, Leo DiCaprio. Like a lot of people's argument about that was it was too on the nose, it was too over the top, it was too um, pre. I don't know, preachy is the right no, word, but for me, "Don't Look Up" still took it a step too far. It was still a little bit. It was. It was still a little bit too extreme. This. The agenda mm. outweighed the satire because because that is that is satire, and I think a mm. lot of times, especially now, satire is so difficult. Like Andrew said, because our world feels mm-hmm. so over the top and strange, and like we're living in a simulation, and how is this real? Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much going on in that way that when you try to do satire, it's like, yeah, you you can't mm. get over the top enough, you know. Well, Putting putting satire to one side, then my my point still stands that th- it lacked any subtlety. <laughs> like the, there was no subtext here. This was sure. just yeah. This is it was just putting it in putting it in front of you. It's interesting. We had I think different experiences because one of my negatives is that it didn't pick a lane, and that there are subtle moments in this movie, and they mm. kind they kind of they kind of work, but they don't work in this movie. Like they there's there's a real jarring effect when the movie goes from uh caricatures you know over the top on the nose kind of stuff to trying to deal with like the real trauma there's stuff that happens especially with and i guess i'll say this as as a positive overall i liked that this movie dealt with uh the trinity character mm-hmm. specifically didn't know that going in but by the end you realize this is about trinity yeah this absolutely this is about trinity childs um and uh i didn't know that but i appreciated that but because of that there are moments with trinity that are supposed to feel so very powerful and and real that it's hard to justify them with the on the nose mm-hmm. over the top satire um so that that was one of my you know kind of main difficulties navigating this movie mm. um, well, that that worked for me but i think because i can just see that happening in the real world like i can see that because a lot of these mega pastors are caricatures, but there are still humans behind them, mm-hmm. families, and I can well imagine because she's just she herself hasn't picked a lane. She hasn't picked. Am I all in on being this caricature as well, or can I get out? Can I can I leave this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- I thought that was the most compelling through line of mm-hmm. the entire movie was her conflict. Um, and so yeah, it's a. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's an mm-hmm. interesting one to talk about. You know what it reminded me a lot of is another uh, satire about Christian subculture, uh, which is gemstones. What's that? Righteous gemstones. So righteous gemstones is an interesting uh, comparison. It's very different than righteous gemstones. Righteous mm-hmm. gemstones is, I think, more comedy than satire. Righteous gemstones is over the top for the sake of making jokes, you okay. know, as opposed to making a point. Now the point is made. The point is made in Righteous Gemstones, but it's not its not the number one priority, right? Making you laugh is. Making you laugh is the number one priority. Here, okay. the number one priority is making the point, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no, I'd agree with that. Um, and the the movie that I was thinking of as the comparison is Saved, exclamation point, um, which is uh, Mandy Moore and uh, many others. But it's, it's, it's kind of the uh, Caucasian 
version of this movie. Like, you know, in again, this is one of the the strangest is not the right word, but most terrible whatever parts of modern Christian culture is that is so segregated too, you know, with white churches and black churches and, and that kind of thing. And so, uh, but yes, the white church version of this is saved, uh, which I think came out in the nineties. And then, uh, this is more the African American experience, um, uh, kind of satire of, you know, modern religion and mega churches and that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, they're very, very similar in that I come away from both of them going, yeah, like skewer away. Like, mm-hmm. we, like we need to be looking at uh, those kind of things, even as, even as a person of faith who believes a lot of the, you know, the same things that those people might believe, or at least some of the same things that those mm-hmm. people might believe. Well, they, uh, believe they believe they believe. They believe they believe, or we believe they believe, but yeah. maybe they don't believe. Maybe they just believe that they can mm-hmm. make something out of saying they believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was way confusing, but a lot of fun yep. uh, to say. Uh, <laughs> you even said as believe pers- a lot more than uh, Eddie Murphy and Shrek. Aaron, what are some pros you got? Yeah, I was just going to say, even as a person of faith, like I watch a movie like this and I go, bring it, let's go, Mm. like shoot the arrows. Like we, uh, you know, I think if you are the kind of person who wants to think critically and wants to be an active member of conversation and culture and those kind of things, you have to be willing to look at yourself in the mirror. I say yourself, I, you know, there's very little about these people that identify, you know, uh, within a lot of ways. But, you know, there is that overarching area of faith and go, okay, why is it viewed this way? Why is it seen this way? What are the choices being made that are, you know, um, wrong? You know, where are the the moral lines um, in ego and, you know, wealth and, you know, like all of these things that it's dealing with? Um, And I love that. I absolutely love that. It's It's my favorite thing. And when this movie gets it right... It is skewering with pinpoint accuracy those things at the same time it's making me laugh. Mm-hmm. And there are several of those moments, mm-hmm. several of those moments. And they are the firecrackers. They are the yeah. highs of this movie. But there are also long stretches of this movie where I faded out, where I was just like, this is now just a normal movie that maybe is vying for Oscar attend. Like all of a sudden we're in like a completely different movie it felt like to me and i was bored because i wanted to go back to the life of the mm. like the the actual like satire um that i was feeling so there are yeah. some really odd choices there where it goes from the standard mockumentary style of kind of shaky cam zooming in fly on the wall stuff to like it's almost like jordan peele stepped in and went like cinematographer on it and it changed to like the, I don't know if the aspect ratio ever changed, but it went super duper cinematic. And I'd love to know whether that was a deliberate, I mean, it was obviously a deliberate Clearly choice, deliberate, but yeah, yeah. what was the logic behind that? Because yeah, those moments do feel like you're in a, in a movie and not a documentary, which is so strange. No, I think that's what it is. And I think the aspect ratio change is supposed to be the hint, the clue, right? Mm. Like when, when you're in the more cinematic aspect ratio, that's not the documentary. That's not filmed by the documentary crew. There are moments in their bedroom. Oh, there are okay. moments you know, wherever. And so that's your, that's your pathway into understanding what, you know, what is and isn't the mockumentary. Mm. It's confusing though. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, like if you're given that key ahead of time, maybe it's not as confusing, but I think even if you know that you Mm. can get lost and a little bit confused. Yeah. 
Um, I don't mind it. In fact, I've been the person for a long time saying you don't have to just be one. Oh, like you don't, yeah, totally. you don't have to just be a found footage movie. You can mm-hmm. literally do found footage and other stuff, right? Yeah. So you can be a mockumentary and still have scenes that aren't in the mockumentary. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. The difference is it's not just the camera that changes. It's the entire like tone. And I don't yeah. think that's a character choice. I really don't. I think it's a, I think it's a direction choice. Mm. Um, and it, it didn't quite work for me at times. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Cause I was going to ask if the aspect ratio change was the only time you get a cue that something switches from like a mockumentary to the other. Cause I'm, I'll be honest with you. I never pick up when there's an aspect ratio change while I'm watching a movie. Sure. I don't, I don't get, blame you. I, I don't I, see it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you for that at all. Um, I only become aware of it uh, just because my my brain shifts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'll I'll be if I'm watching something in IMAX and you know has the moments where it's not an IMAX and is an IMAX. If it goes to IMAX, my brain shifts and it's like the world just became wider or something. <laughs> then I'm just like, oh yeah, the entire screen is full right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't blame you for not for being focused on the story or the characters and missing the fact that the black bars are a little different. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm curious about performances specifically, obviously Regina Hall, who I love and Sterling K Brown, who I also love. How's their chemistry? Mm. Uh, Well, the chemistry is an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is it like off on screen or on camera, off camera chemistry is different. Man, it's tricky. Um, I think the chemistry is exactly what it's supposed to be. So I think it, it works exactly how the movie wants it to work because they have to go from, from show couple to genuine marital problems to delusion to a little bit of, here's the line, I'm not going to go any further. And then eh, I guess I'm just going to straddle the line for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, chemistry specifically is just so hard. It's just so hard to talk about because it's kind of the point of the movie. Exactly. And um, I, as far as performances go, I think they're both giving great performances. I just see the gears shift again when we go from one type of scene to another type of scene. Like you, like I can almost hear the gears grinding as they have to shift into a lower gear or a higher gear. Um, and both are fine once they get into the gear. You know, like there's, mm. you know, Sterling K. Brown is an incredible actor. Uh, Regina is also incre- an incredible actor. So they they know their stuff. I just think it's it's interesting to see them go from, you know, uh, the more wild, wild, over the top stuff to having a, a really deep, introspective conversation. Um, both things work, but I'm just I'm just not sure it feels like the same characters uh, in those moments. So, so it, it worked, it worked for me. And here's, here's why I think it did because they have invited this documentary crew into their life, but they aren't act- the characters themselves aren't actors. So they, it's easy to put on this show in front of a congregation for two hours on a Sunday or however long the service lasts, but they have to keep this guard up for all of the time and Anita the doc- the mostly silent off-screen documentary creator is great at being the fly on the wall and being in the background and there's so many moments where they catch especially um uh, uh Tina 
what's her name? Regina Hall's character? Trinity. Oh, Trinity, Sorry. yeah. When Trinity um, catches herself and just like, do I pick this moment to break the the wife, the first lady character, or do I dig my heels in here? And I just, I feel like they were doing a really good job of portraying that these characters aren't actors. And there's a there's a, just a big difference between being on camera all the time. Especially with the shady stuff that's going on. So you talk about the shady stuff and like this movie gets deep into some really traumatic ideas. Mm-hmm. And that is the other part of this uh, that is hard to navigate in a satirical comedy is, oh, we're going to talk about this topic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you maintain any kind of, um, you know, character through line when you have to when when you start to understand who this character really is what they really have done what a terrible person they are you know what i mean like there's 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 an interesting progression this movie tries to make with talking about some some really traumatic real life stuff that uh also is worth um you know absolutely destroying Mm -hmm. uh but it's it it feels like it should be handled with a little more sensitivity and so the movie does that which i understand but it again shifts the tone of the movie so yeah it's it's interesting this might be the most me and aaron have ever disagreed on a movie <laughs> we're usually on the same page i think they did a great job i think it i know i really really enjoyed the way uh, enjoy is such an odd word so maybe i agree with you, agree with you more than i'm saying i appreciate <laughs> how they handled it um i love that that aspect of the story kind of tears down the um it kind of it tears down the comedy the caricatureness of it like that Mm. is when every single character is most exposed is when that is brought to the forefront especially towards the very very end of the movie with that that confrontation um that's where i feel like the the documentary documentary was most real um i yeah I, i didn't really have an issue with how they how they brought it brought it forward how did you feel about the uh the ending where do we land here like oh, what I is the movie it. man yeah i loved it uh i think it's it's hard and i think that's right because i'm sure that's an ending that most people actually have to have to face like you want the person to run for the hills you want some kind of resolution there's not really a super resolution at the end of this movie you get the impression that the cycle is just going to continue i i don't know for sure and maybe i need some more time and thought with it but i don't necessarily understand what this movie is trying to say with the way it ends um because we again there this is a documentary situation um or a mockumentary situation at first, and then slowly shifts into a documentary session uh, mm-hmm. situation by the end, and that's that's a uh, meta uh, outside observation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know with what happens with that part of it. Uh, what we're because it's about Trinity. What we're supposed to be, you know, rooting for. What we're supposed to necessarily be understanding about her. Um, because the movie, I believe, is giving some mixed signals on how it feels about her choices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. And and it didn't feel nuanced as much as it just felt confused. So that the ending left me a little bit um, uh, put off mm. as well. So. I, I that's got to be 
because I'm again I'm the opposite. I love the nuance. I love the ambiguity. Um, and I do wonder if that's a background thing of you being far more familiar with this subject than me, the heathen, um, <laughs> is able to comprehend it. Aaron, have you ever been to a? I love the vagueness. I can relate to. I, I can understand and empathise with the the rock and the hard place and. I my biggest issue is I don't know how this documentary ever gets signed off. <laughs> like I don't know how they are ever okay with this making it into the public. And I guess maybe it never is. But I'll just I'll just say I think I have a pretty good grasp on the rock and the hard placeness of oh, uh, of I'm all, not saying you don't of yeah. all of this. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it is in in fact been a a primary trauma of the last several years of my life is understanding my relationship to mm-hmm. the structure and entity and corporation of the organized church, mm-hmm. um, and that is you know that is not something I say lightly. It's not something I you know uh, want to wade into deeply here, but just to say like the idea of if the overall theme here is about what is this organization what is it you know what does it mean what is it really about how does it impact the people that are in it uh i am very 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 familiar with that pain mm. and trauma yeah um and so uh so when i say when i say something like this movie is um tonally you know, uh, inconsistent or confusing on its message. It's because I, it doesn't line up with my own experience. Interesting. It doesn't line up with my own pattern of understanding that trauma pattern Mm -hmm. of understanding my choices within that trauma. Um, At times it feels to paint my numbers and cut and dry. That's, you know, the more over the top on the nose stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at times it feels, um, you know, self-serious and and deeper and important Mm -hmm. um and so i i find myself confused as to you know my relationship uh to it now again it's you know i i don't attend a mega church i've been to mega churches like i've I've certainly experienced you know that and 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 let's be clear in many ways we're just talking about the number of people that go there Mm -hmm. every every organization every group every community has its different things so that you know and i think we know that and anytime you you have a movie that um, you know that deals with a person of faith uh, or a community of faith. Uh, I think we all understand that that doesn't necessarily mean that that applies to every single community of faith or person mm-hmm. of faith. Oh, of course. Um, but um, you know, but I do. I you know, I, I watch this movie and I I go, okay, I'm not. I, I associate with the trauma of where am like this isn't what I thought it was. But at the same time, I don't necessarily have the exact same relationship to, mm-hmm. uh, for one, mega church culture, or number two, um, <clears throat> I'm not a person of color. So, like, the, you know, there are those two aspects of it where I'm not necessarily going uh, to connect in uh, the exact same way. But, um, but yeah, yeah. And so. Trinity is so much more, so much deeper into it. Being the pastor's wife, the first lady, she is so so stuck segregating herself from that and removing herself from that has got to be nearly impossible to even comprehend and that scene mm-hmm. with her mother is crushing because you've got to believe that was her her lifeline or her this could be this one bit of approval that well, they need to get out let's let's uh we'll talk around it a little bit i don't want to i don't want to be too spoilery but th- the movie is also not afraid to deal with very specific arguments mm-hmm. of 
the church, faith, those kind yeah. of things. So the movie goes into homosexuality. The movie goes into divorce, like in in some of the um, you know uh, different arguments in just common things that people of faith say about those things um, because it wants to put it there in the stark you know light of logic and uh, in day and and make people confront what does that phrase really mean when you say it what does that really feel like to somebody when you say this to them about this mm-hmm. thing they're going through yeah um i think that stuff's valuable that's some of my favorite stuff in the movie mm-hmm. is is confronting other people of faith the church in general whatever it might be with the the reasoning they give to hurting people and how how hurtful and counterproductive even mm-hmm. it is yeah. you know um so yeah I, I i i dig this movie i do at the end of the day that's again why i said i wanted to put it on the high side of it's it's okay it was just it was an, there were enough moments where i was just like i'm just i'm not invested anymore during mm-hmm. this part of what this is um you know through the film how long was this movie an hour and 5 this felt like a two and a half hour movie to me. That's like nah, this no, hour forty me. with credits. Oh, wow! I you see that to me that is a sign that I was I was checked out a couple times because mm-hmm. I was just like, this is you know this feels like it's it's interesting going on a little bit longer. But it just lost me a couple times and mm-hmm. and felt a little bit confused. But I totally get what you love about it. I mm-hmm. love a lot of the same things you love about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Andrew, do you have any uh, other questions for us uh, about it? No post credit scene. <laughs> uh, no, there is. <laughs> no, there is not. I guess my one last thing, and if you have one last thing, you're, you're more than welcome to, is there actually is a really clever moment in this movie that I think might go unnoticed. And I just want to kind of bring it to the forefront in case you watch it. There is, I mean, it is the critical moment, I think, of the movie involving a character from the past of the pastor mm. confronting the pastor. But there's this moment right before the confrontation, and it is the title of the movie, uh, which adds a little bit of credence to my thinking that this is a really important thing that, that maybe is intentional. But there is a moment where, you know, they are asking people to honk for Jesus, and a character makes a choice that results in more honking, mm-hmm. but less Jesus. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a really, and I, that's all I'm going to say, but yeah. there's there's some really interesting play going on there that my Mm -hmm. intellectualism was like oh i think i see what you're doing there and that's that's a really interesting thought Mm -hmm. that maybe we're saying something about how you know the way you get the responses is really the important thing as opposed to the responses um and it's yeah i really love oh i think that's clearly what they were going for it's the the hypocrisy of so but i think that's just it's it's subtle enough Mm. so yeah it's in the trailer (laughs) <laughs> Thank I'll you. guarantee it. Thank I you. No, guarantee it's in the trailer. I, I wasn't joking. Oh, Listen, I don't okay. want to know. Listen, <laughs> I can only be so upset about trailer culture Just for so long. Super, super <laughs> quick. I did explain the Nope trailer to to Aaron, and that the. The 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 oh, yeah. is in the trailer, and he was just like, "No, no, it's not." I just don't no, even. It's I I choose to live in denial now. <laughs> trailers just don't exist. I don't it's know if great. you guys know this. There are no trailers uh, anymore. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. You have to clap three times now to make them reappear. Exactly. Uh, all right. Before we head into the best ever challenge, uh, huge shout out and thank you to our amazing, amazing, amazing Sif Pop members. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you. If you've considered it. 
I would hope that initially the consideration is, man, I love listening to the show. It'd be nice to support them. What's really nice through Patreon is we're able to give you some bonuses, some different things like that. It starts at like three bucks a month just to know that you're keeping this podcast going, keeping the website sifpop.com going. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash sifpop, one of the things we love to do is do extra content for our members. And pretty much every week we record bonus uh, stuff for our members. Uh, right now, we're actually every week doing a, a review of the latest House of the Dragon episode. So just kind of a quick uh, look over the episode, our thoughts on it, those kind of things. Um, so if you enjoy Game of Thrones, enjoy House of the Dragon, might be a great time to uh, head over to patreon.com slash sifpop. Think about supporting what goes on here and at the same time uh, having some extra fun uh, conversations with us. Really enjoyed our conversation this week. I think it was a really fun one. Lots of sound effects. You know it's a great conversation (laughs) when you get sound effects. Patreon.com slash Sifpop. You're going to get a copyright strike for us, uh, Ian, speaking of copyright. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sifpop. And uh, we really appreciate you, uh, those who support. So thanks for doing as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, All right, let's move into the Best Ever Challenge. We're going to take a look, uh, since Robert Zemeckis gave us this amazing Pinocchio movie that Andrew loves so much, uh, (laughs) we're going to go with Best Ever Robert Zemeckis Films. We'll go number five to number one. Um, and oh, man, if, I thought you said best ever Mark Zuckerberg movies. <laughs> uh, it's just number five, number five, mm. social network, number Trump. four, social, social network, Trump. number three, social Trump. network, Trump, <laughs> two, Trump, uh, me too. <laughs> so we will go from number five to number one. And if somebody has, if you have the movie higher than somebody else has it, then you just. Trump. Trump. Oh God! There's, there's I didn't send those sound effects. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just shout that out, and uh, and we will talk about it when it's your turn. It was so funny, a- Andrew. You did that the same time as I played the. It was yeah. like this weird. I had like, no effect. idea. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get into it. Ian, kick us off. What is your number five Robert Zemeckis film? Mm, number five is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh. Nice. <laughs> 
I think the guessing game at home should be, did oh. Aaron push the button or did Andrew yes. actually say it? <laughs> oh, I'll have to do something like this. So, Amazing. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, okay, we will talk about who framed Roger Rabbit in a little bit. I'll go next. Yeah. Um, I have a Christmas carol at number five. Uh, I really enjoy this uh, this Christmas carol um, par- partially because Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. he's incredible. Not um, for kids. Uh, yeah. Well, the story is a little wild. It's crazy. The stories we told our kids 150 years ago. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, I enjoy this version. <clears throat> it's not quite Muppets Christmas Carol, which is probably the best Christmas Carol, but it is in, in, in enjoy. It is. It is. is not probably. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It is. is. Sorry, it it's the not the Muppets Christmas Carol, which <sighs> is the best Christmas Carol Phew. version, uh, other than the live, <laughs> other than the live performance at Silver Dollar City. Uh, <laughs> oh, of course. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do really, really enjoy it, and I think Jim Carrey's a big part of that. And I think the animation this was about when it crossed over into being watchable. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Uncanny like, Valley was kind of well. It's still plenty of, of Uncanny Uncanny yeah. Valley stuff here, but it's not the kind of Uncanny Valley where you run screaming the other direction. It's just yeah. like I think I can put up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy this one. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number five? Uh, just real quick, I was uh, Bob Cratchit whenever we did the Christmas Carol in school. So oh, nice, nice. Yeah. very nice. Uh, my number five is Beowulf. Oh, interesting. Now here's that's the thing. a choice. When I first saw this movie, I hated it. I hated mm, it a lot. I watched it again, and I understood what the movie was trying to say and how it differs from the actual tale of Beowulf that, you know, you're told when you grow up. Um, yeah, I think what Robert Zemeckis does story-wise with this one, put aside the, uh, you know, the early 2000s animation mm. style, mm-hmm. which I have come to appreciate, but I can totally understand people not being on board for mm-hmm. But you just, if you like look at the story and realize like, oh, so this is, this is Zemeckis's retelling of, you know, the classic hero story to, yeah, these classic heroes, they're supposed to be men and men are fallible. What if men who are seen as heroes behind closed doors succumb to their desires and, and what does it mean to be your hero? Is your story more important than who you really are? Is the truth or, mm-hmm. you know, and I did not pick up on any of that at all the first time I watched it. Like, but after I watched it again, I'm like, oh, how did I not pick up on this? It's so obvious what the movie's trying to say that honestly, there there are movies that are in my, uh, uh, honorable mentions that you're probably going to be like, wait, you like Beowulf more than that? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to honestly, yeah. If you told me to pick one over this, I I would pick Beowulf. It's, Mm. it's wild. I know, but this is one of those movies that may have come out too soon. Um, If it had come out now and people could look past those kind of not so great CGI, you know, if you could look past that, you got a really good movie on your hands right here. So what I'm hearing is there's still hope for Pinocchio. That's yes. what I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. is that yes. you know, several years from now, you may have Pinocchio may. on a best ever challenge list. <laughs> Aaron, I get it now. The good dinosaur is not about. <laughs> no. no. 
that's good. It's good to hear you admit that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to my, uh, oh, Ian. Ian's Ian, you're number, you're number four. Uh, number four is uh, Death Becomes Her. Ooh, nice. It's a good pick. No trumpet? Nice. Yeah, no, I like this. It's um, it's a side of Zemeckis we don't see a lot, I think. I much prefer this end of the Zemeckis scale than I do like Marwin and stuff like that. Um mm. So, yeah, no, it's hilarious, it's bonkers, um, everyone is absolutely giving it a, giving a performance in this movie, uh, I, yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. Again, not for kids, but super duper fun. Which you, you should be able to tell by the poster yes. where there's an entire section <laughs> missing out of uh, the middle of a human being. I love it. I love it's it so it's because it's a bunch of people, you know, that you would never expect to be in a movie like this. Yes. Uh, it's sure. such a strange sure. cast. Yeah. 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 But they all know what type of movie they're in mm-hmm. and they that's all the go for it. It's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's a good pick. That's a really good pick, Ian. I love it. I'm liking our uh, our our fives and fours, uh, mm. kind of uh, dipping into kind of our our um, you know ep- our Zemeckis films that maybe are honorable mentions for other people, which I, mm. I kind of love. Um, yeah. Maybe the same here, or maybe you guys love this movie too. I don't know. At number four, I have What Lies Beneath, um, the <laughs> Harrison Ford uh, thriller. Um, I think this is a really good thriller. I think this is a Hitchcock movie. Like this is Zemeckis's closest like uh ability to get you know close to hitchcock um mm-hmm. and you mentioned i was going to say the same thing that you said ian about this doesn't feel like every other zemeckis movie to me oh totally agree um yeah. so yeah i i really enjoy this movie if you haven't seen it i would recommend it i know mm-hmm. it didn't get a lot of love or buzz or anything but i enjoy this one mm-hmm. it wasn't for me but i'm not going to fault you for it i appreciate the, that the bathtub scene that. was anxiety inducing i'll say that it's really well done. I just, yeah. I just think all the tension in this movie is really well done, and it tells a, an interesting story. So, uh, all right, so that takes us, uh, Andrew, to your number four. Oh, I'm sure this is going to get Trump, but contact. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about uh, it is there's an R. I, I really roll that R or gravel that R, so it gives me chance to try and uh, lip sync along with it to where. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yes, that will be trumped. Uh, okay. All right, let's go on to our number three. Ian, what do you got at number three? Uh, Forrest Gump. Oh. Trump. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was great. I honestly couldn't tell if that was... Well, I knew it wasn't Aaron because <laughs> yeah, I know You're he... in the room. You know if I'm yeah. pushing the button or not. <laughs> well, no, because my screen is in the way. It's blocking your hand. But I just know that you there don't you like this you. movie. Uh, fine. I will be quiet. Uh yes, so we will talk about Forrest Gump later when the people who like it want to talk about it. <laughs> Aaron, uh, my number three will probably also get trumped. Uh, my number three is Back to the Future. Trump, 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 Trump. Get out! Trump! Get out of here! All right. I thought you knew movies. Aaron. <laughs> there are just well. two that are better. That's all. There are just two that are better than Back to the Future. <sighs> That's all there is to it. Uh, I will. I will have a legitimate intellectual argument. For both the movies I have about about Back to the Future, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, hey, I Ian, think these are bad choices. Yeah, so. there are five movies better than Back to the Future. <laughs> I think Andrew just uh, gave away. Wow. He doesn't even have it on his list. Good night. Uh, including Beowulf is better it, than Back I, to I the know. Future. You're just it, objectively and I know. lying. Do you remember what I said at the end of <laughs> no, my? No, I was like, nope. You we, guys no. are going to be we shocked. Have no memory. By we have no I memory. Said, <laughs> 
We just know you think Beowulf's better than Back to the Future. Wow. It's true. Uh, all right. Uh, Andrew, I think that means we're on to your number three. This is where I have Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. So nice. Andrew's got it at number three. Ian at number five. Uh, has it at number four? Uh, number five. Number five. 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 Okay. Five. Talk about uh, it. Yeah. Uh, it's... If it wasn't for Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie, I would have thought <laughs> that this type of movie never could have gotten made again. Uh, but uh, it's the OG. It's hilarious. Um, we've mentioned this movie quite a few times on uh, on our like a best ever challenge list. Mm-hmm. So I hope people who haven't seen this movie really take that to heart and and realize, okay, maybe it's there's something more to this movie than just it being funny. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a brilliant movie. It really is. It's not just the gimmick. The gimmick is not even like the top thing that comes to my mind. I was like, it's a great mm-hmm. story. It's a great whodunit. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, I love this movie. Bob Hoskins is the last person mm. I would have guessed to be in a movie like this, and he is easily the best part of it. He's so 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 great. Um, he's the perfect person for this movie. That's um, an Oscar worthy performance. I genuinely, I mean, it still wouldn't get talked about today, but yeah, I totally agree. I think he's absolutely fantastic. One of my earliest, earliest film memories is watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, judged my parents massively for the age at which I watched this movie, <laughs> but it's 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 amazing. It's so good. <laughs> Mommy, who's that? That's Jessica Rabbit. You know, yeah. you just she's pay attention. Pretty. You pay attention to the funny bunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Why is that man getting flattened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, uh, number twos? Two? Twos, yeah. yeah. Let's get into our number twos. Uh, Ian, what do you have at number two? Mm, Castaway. Same. Crap! Nice. Uh, so that means my number two is fairly obvious. Yeah. Um, this is where I have contact. Mm. Um, so, Andrew, you had contact at four. Four. I have it at two. Um, Contact is one of those movies that just gets better every time you watch it. Um, it's just the performances are great. The story is really interesting. Ian, have you seen this? No. This is this right is, up your alley, man. This is, this is so up your alley. This is probably, like, easily in my top ten list of shame. Like, just never got around to watching it. <laughs> I will love this movie. Okay. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, interesting. Maybe not. Okay. Where this movie goes, maybe not. Okay. I, I, it's I'm not what you think it is. I'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts once okay. you've seen this movie. I've been told I will love this movie. You, there, there are many things you will love about this movie. Okay. It's mm-hmm. Where the Sagan. story goes in the end, maybe a little, oh, no. maybe no. But Yeah, the but ending of this not. movie, there's one part maybe of this. Not. I think Aaron and I would both agree that the, there's like a, a two-minute bit at the end of this movie that really ruins a lot of stuff like they didn't commit it doesn't to for me it, it doesn't, doesn't for me but i but it might for you okay so. okay but does it yeah. end with god did it you know what i'm not saying anything okay. more okay. i'm not saying anything more okay. it, it uh, you know what i'll say no it okay. does it does not end with god did it it okay. definitely does not end with that declaration but i do uh, love and i know you have aaron i know this is your number one so sorry if i'm talking over you but i number do two. love i do number love two. the oh okay i do love the uh the philosophical and theol or uh scientific theological uh, conflict in this movie correct there is there's science theology tension in this that is really mm, interesting um I know. 
So uh, yeah, and it's willing to it's willing to explore both and yeah. to talk about both, which is which is really interesting. Um, and, and and that is represented by Jodie Foster as the scientist and Matthew McConaughey as a um, is it a priest or a pastor? I can't, I think it's a pastor. I could be wrong. It might be a priest. Uh, are you talking um, about McConaughey? Yeah, McConaughey's character. Uh, He's more of like a, a faith leader. He's more of like a hmm. yeah. I, I can't. I thought remember. he was Anyways. a. I thought he was a professor of theology. Maybe that might be it. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Anyhow, uh, it is it is well worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's beautifully constructed, beautifully shot. Zemeckis does some things in this movie that are just really interesting visually and technically interesting. You know, the picture we're looking at on the video podcast is, you know, an example of some some, you know, fun ideas with like the hat that Jody is wearing, mm. like how it matches the satellite dishes in the background. Yeah. And, like there's just like interesting visual touches like that that are um that are great. So And a yeah, career I, best I highly... performance by Jake Busey. <laughs> <laughs> not saying a ton, but uh <laughs> not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, so that is my number two. Uh, Andrew, I think that means we're at your number two. Which was also Castaway. Mm, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we're on to our number ones. Yeah. What do you got at number one? Are we allowed to talk? Oh, right. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, it's Back to the Future. Of course it is. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't, like, I knew this wasn't going to get Trump. because of all time. Thank you. <laughs> it's in, it's, it is a perfect, perfect movie. Time travel shenanigans at the same uh, uh, despite time travel shenanigans, it's perfect. Um, I can probably recite most of this movie. Now, that doesn't mean it's good, but it means I've watched it enough that it makes it good. Um, yeah. Now, if you just the, the, of the two movies this week that open with like ticking clocks, this is the one that absolutely you should watch. <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. Love it, love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Uh, I had it at number three. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm not as wrong as Andrew, though. Had not it, even on the list. Had it below Beowulf. Um, I do. No, 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 no. Look, 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 look. I Back do. to the Future is a lot of fun. Um, it's it is one of my favorite movies. It is in my top 200 movies of all time. So um, but it, oh, it's get it's, out. <laughs> it's a bit. No, it's a bit. There's a, there's a bit of nostalgia. I think there's a bit of nostalgia uh, bounce that the Back to the Future gets. It's not a perfect movie. Um, there's there's a lot of nonsense uh, in this movie. Um, enjoy but, the nonsense, but you can enjoy the nonsense. Absolutely, I totally get mm-hmm. it. Totally get it. Like I have it at number three, so like you know, obviously, I, I think it's great. So yeah. there's less incest in Beowulf. <laughs> Lies, just off screen. There's way more off screen incest in Beowulf. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I guess that means it's time to talk about Castaway, which is my uh, number one. Yeah. And, um, and was Ian's number two? Yep. My um, number two. And your number two. So I, think I we guess have if we were all winner. picking our, I, I, that would be our clear winner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's just nice to talk about a great Tom Hanks performance after <laughs> having to think about, you know, uh, him going for it this year. Um, what I love about this performance is, it, you know, it's still very much Tom Hanks, but he is he is doing some performance things that he doesn't often get a chance to do. Mm-hmm. There's something about the solitariness of what he's experiencing that he really locks into, and you believe the exact amount of his <clears throat> his mind that he's losing, right? Like, yeah. you, like you really see the progression and what solitary would do to somebody for that long. Um, 
when he names the beach ball Wilson, it's not just <clears throat> a funny thing that happens. There's literally a process that he goes through with that beach ball that relates to how the island is impacting him. Like mm -hmm. everything in this movie is specifically about what it means to survive alone. And um, yeah, I uh, I think it's a, I think it's a spectacular film. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the the plane crash in this movie remains one of the greatest plane crashes ever to be put onto film. Um, it's pretty spectacular, yeah. terrifying. Um, and it's very terrifying. The, it's the immediateness of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's really well done. So, yeah. What do you guys have to say about uh, about uh, Castaway? Movie made me cry over a volleyball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. something. I love it. It's an it's a pretty perfect character study of a man gradually losing his mind. Um, done in all the right ways. And Where is he? I don't care that it's four hours long. <laughs> Or is he finding his mind? Yes. No, honestly, like I know, I know that can sound like a like a bit, but I I genuinely mean that. I do think that this movie is about finding yourself and what you're made of, you know, and you know, because the person that comes back from that island isn't the same one that you know left on that plane. Mm -hmm. Is there an argument to say that this is a better person that's come back? Well, I think who both understands can be what's. True. Who uh, understand what's important in life now? Mm. Having yeah, I, lost I, everything, I think he he both loses his mind and gains some peace and gains some perspective. As well, you should if you spend that amount of time alone and then reintroduced into society. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's. I don't know that there's a way you stay on that island for as long as he does without going a bit bananas. I got a question for you guys, and uh, I, I know I know what yes, you're I know too. what you're going to say. But just so it's out there in the world, because every person I've talked to about this movie, they have one complaint. They hate the time jump, and I don't. I like the time jump. At the end, you mean? No, no, no. Uh, the blank year, four years later, you know. Or oh. The, yeah. It doesn't bother me yeah, at all. It doesn't bother me at all. I think it's almost necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. there's some Did person you expect that, to watch the entire four years? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people who I talked to did. A lot of people who I talked to did. They expected it to, yeah. But I'm like, no, I like this time jump, you know, because yeah. no, no, you need it because yeah, they totally. set up in in the couple scenes before, you know, like how he was going to progress. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, what do you have in uh, number one? Do we know your number one, Andrew? And yeah, you do. Mentioned your you sure oh. know it's a life is like a box of chocolates because you never know. Oh, what you're that's right, get. that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First game. Speaking yeah. of Tom Hanks, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, Not speaking of Tom Hanks giving great performances. Though. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> yeah, you cannot say that isn't a great performance. Uh, no, it hasn't aged all that well, but uh, but yeah, it's it's fine. It's good. It's good. We can't judge things on what they are. We now, can what judge they... things however we want. Absolutely. That's the beauty of being human. You don't have to have reason and logic. <laughs> you can just judge things. That's what we do. No, I uh, think this is a a remarkable journey of a man who. Um, kind of, not not in the same way as Castaway, but a man who uh, uh, understands the basic premise of what's important in life and understands what's good in life and what should be focused on. And uh, it, it it yeah, it's a, it's a remarkable tale of you know a man getting to experience all these what we would consider amazing things, but that's not what he finds important. Like, he's like, I met mm -hmm. the president again. I went to the White <laughs> House again. And, you know, he's like, I've met the president so many times. But 
all that he it's more really important c- that he needs to empty his bladder that's what's you know yeah. that's, that's I need to pee but uh you know what he finds important in life is Jenny you know Jenny his mom uh his town like just all he wants to do is just mow his lawn and go on a run like mm-hmm. it's a it's a heart heartwarming movie regardless of how sad it gets at the end Ian, where did you have this on your list? Uh, three, okay. I believe. Yeah, three. Speak yeah. on it. Yeah, no, I really enjoy this movie. I lean into, I, I try to avoid the depth and just enjoy it for Tom Hanks's performance and the bits that make me laugh and the ridiculousness of it. I am, I don't mind that he pops up through history and photoshops himself into pictures and <laughs> however terrible it is. I, I just enjoy watching Tom Hanks in this movie. And the ridiculousness of this potted history of the the twentieth twenty first cent twentieth century. Yeah, I just I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to me. I'm I'm the weirdo on this. Most people love this movie. So, and I don't hate it. I I by no means hate this movie. So, do you think um, it's so, a yeah. overloved or a? Well, of course. I think it's yeah. I think it's overrated. But but it, again, I'm the weirdo on this. Mm-hmm. So like, you I, don't, I don't expect I don't expect anybody else to to agree with me. You're both weird for not putting Back to the Future higher. <laughs> yeah. What were you thinking? The greatest movie of all time. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's get into honorable mentions. Um, many, many, many. I had Forrest Gump as an honorable mention. Thank you very much, even though it's not my favorite. Well, I had um, Back to the Future, so take that. <laughs> I, as an honorable mention, <laughs> Back to the Future as an honorable mention is an insult. I only well, you had two get, others. What, yeah, I what else did you others. guys have? I'll go uh, Romancing the Stone. It's mm-hmm. worth mentioning, sure, yeah. It's a fun movie. It, I mean, it, it is. Not, it, you're going to... If it's on TV, yeah, give it a watch. It's fun. And then Flight. I think Flight's a really good movie. Uh, I had that in my honorable mentions as well. I'm glad it's, somebody else did. It's not so. what I thought it was going to be. It's yeah. It's a, a good character study, and uh, Denzel Washington really shines. And John Goodman's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I think Flight's good. Um, yeah. Did you have any, Ian? Any yeah, honorable mentions? I have Back to the Future 2 and <laughs> oh, man. Back to the Future 3, which I genuinely could have put in... In my top five, but I decided to have Back to the Future as the mm-hmm. as the, the the one and only for everything. But yeah, uh-huh. two and three, especially three. I love three. Three is a great movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, I have what many would probably consider a terrible movie in my honorable mentions because I like it, um, and that is The Witches. Uh, oh, that is a really bad movie. I don't know if either of you saw it, nope. uh, but Anne yeah. Hathaway is amazing in it, and I love that story. It's a real she goes story for it. I really she goes for it. She really does, and I think it works. Um, yeah. But I know I am, again, the weirdo on that, mm. So, uh, but I do enjoy The Witches. Um, all right, let's uh, let's finish up with some buried treasure, guys. What's that mm. one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Um, Ian, you're our guest, so you will go last. Um, Andrew, you want to go I, first? Okay. Guys, I finally knocked off the number one movie on my list of shame. I finally saw... Nice. Primal Fear. Ah. What'd you think? It's a really good movie. It's a really good <laughs> yeah, movie. You know what? I love Richard Gere. That guy mm-hmm. is so sure. good. Like, I need... I, I realized, like, the other day, I was like, I'm thinking of all the Richard Gere movies I've seen. Like this, Pretty Woman, Hachi, a couple of those. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like Richard Gere. He's a very charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Norton. Pff, um, yeah. 
I love what I love a good courtroom drama. Uh, even though thinking about it, this really isn't a courtroom drama. It takes place in a courtroom, and it's a drama. But this is more of like a character study and a a feel or a philosophical debate over. Uh, the system and law, like mm-hmm. the ending of this movie just throws everything into, you know, contention of, so what is more important, you know, what's right or what's the law? Because mm-hmm. those two things don't always coincide. And nope. seeing Richard Gere at the very end, refusing to walk out the front doors and he just sneaks out the back and just stands there. And that's how the movie ends is brilliant. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. So I am so glad I finally watched it. Um, Laura Linney, also I didn't mention, is great. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really good movie. And uh, I'm glad I finally watched it. I am too. Uh, Primal Fear is an awesome film. Ian, on your... Oh, on my list of shame as well. But it's it's now just been notched up a few ranks higher. Definitely. Yes. Nice. Well, now... Like everything you said. <laughs> Aaron, uh, that means that uh, It's a Wonderful Life is now my number one on my list of shame. Oh! <laughs> so it's up boy. next. Ian doesn't like that movie. Have I seen that movie? I don't know. No, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Um, I can't imagine I'm going to like it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's an interesting one. It's... I'll just watch a Muppets Christmas Carol again. I, listen, I can't see straight on It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%, like, no chance. I watch it every year. I know every word. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's amazing. Like, um, the fact that I can watch a two and a half hour movie every year. It's and two and a half hours? In, invested, yes. Like, it's, I, I've, listen, again, it's. I'm it's tired in my, thinking you know, about that. It's in my top 50 of all time. Like, I, I just think it's spectacular. So I would not be surprised if you love it. I would not be surprised if it just doesn't work for you. I mean, it's an older movie. And sometimes older movies just don't work uh, for whatever reason. Um, but, man, Jimmy Stewart is just, he's just the best. No, Cary uh, Grant. We established this last week. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay, My Buried Treasure is actually a mobile game that I downloaded uh, this past week. Mm. And I'm really enjoying it. It's a really beautiful and fun puzzle game. Uh, called Tiny Bubbles, and many people maybe have heard Tiny of this bubbles. already, um, and maybe have played it already. I don't know, but it's a a really interesting game where you it's simple. You have bubbles that you have to eliminate by getting four bubbles of the same color connected, and then there are different like little tasks you have to do. Um, many times in most levels, when you, uh, put a color in, there's a fish that swims around and blows a new bubble with a different color. So like there's, you know, different strategies and, and ways you can play it. Um, but yeah, it's called tiny bubbles. It's really pretty. It's really, you know, scratches that puzzle game itch where you just want to open it up and play a couple levels, um, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, big recommend from me mm. um, if you want to check that out. Yeah, it's called Tiny Bubbles. Make me happy, uh, Tiny Bubbles. Ian. Mm. So I don't get to be on Sif Pop every single week, so there are movies that I've missed that I don't get to talk about. Okay. But on yes. the flight over here, I got to watch Last Night in Soho, oh. and I loved this movie okay i don't care if i'm on an island i don't care if you guys hated it i actually can't remember what you your guys opinion of this neither of us really like it neither of us really we we both hate it we both agree that it's one of the most visually impressive movies ever made yeah it's Mm. it's really beautiful i just think it's a story 
I just think Edgar Wright lost his mind. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't I like the. Like, I'm, no, love on it. Don't don't ask us. We don't like it as much. So you, no. you you love on it. You love I on it. it. Love and the thing you love. This may well be an English thing because I was just. It took me right. Oh, man, that's going to sound weird. It took me right back to being at, at university. I didn't have any of these experiences <laughs> at university, but the feel of it and that. Um, anticipation and just the stuff they do in london and obviously in soho i i just got the feel of this movie and i got the this is where i like edgar wright to be and i cannot stand ant man but this edgar wright come back home and do things in england and do all of that kind of stuff i i well, love he didn't it. end up doing ant man so sorry no you're absolutely right man i've just still got the funk of ant man just in my brain <laughs> uh, i love all of the performances um anya taylor joy is incredible matt smith is so great thomas and mckenzie is so good um just love this movie i love the mood of it i love the the quirkiness of the conceit um just i want to take a bath in this movie <laughs> it's so good that's such a mood such a that's taking a bath in this movie that's a description i've never heard before i feel like i would need to take another bath afterwards to, mm. to clean it off but i just want to be in in you, in that you, world so you didn't you didn't think the uh the last act of this movie was complete nonsense 100% is complete nonsense. Okay, okay. But you have so, to end the movie somehow. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, I, so you I, were you were willing to just go with it because you were having a good time. Absolutely. Liked how, yeah, okay. 100% I totally guessed that. it about six and a half minutes into meeting the, <laughs> uh-huh. the, the, the character that has the reveal based around them. Um, but it's, it turns into a different genre of movie at the end. And I was like, okay. Choices were made, but I still enjoyed That's it. That's exactly the right I, way to say it. I think that was exactly our review. Is it just becomes a completely different movie yeah. for the last act. Yeah. It reminds me of um, the house in the lady across the street with the window <laughs> and the glass of wine. Like I was yeah. like, oh, you yeah. just skipped genres on me there, didn't you? Um, but I was still fine with it. It had grabbed me enough that it could have cool. ended the movie like Pinocchio. <laughs> I would have been fine with it. <laughs> Oh, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy was a real boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I loved it. No, she it she's the best part of the movie for me is Anya mm-hmm. Taylor-Joy. I think she's great. Besides, yeah, like, performance-wise, like, obviously the best part of the movie is the visuals, but... Uh, that's, I, that's what I think. I think it's yeah. gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. gorgeous. Um, so but no, good. she has a presence to her whenever she walks mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. Everything's yeah. about her. So yeah. good. Uh, well, there you go. So that is Last Night in Soho. That is available to watch on HBO Max if you have that. Uh, Tiny Bubbles, you should be able to download from your Tiny mobile game bubbles. store. And Primal Fear is available to stream on Showtime if you have that. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can rent it uh, or buy it pretty much anywhere uh, online. Yep. Well, we did it, guys. We did Woo! a podcast. Yeah, Woo! it did. We, uh, we managed to become a real podcast. Um, <laughs> When you wish upon a star. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Uh, you can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Makes no difference who you are. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. When you wish upon a song. <laughs> and thank you to Ian for hanging out with us today. Your dreams.
Holmes. Uh, <laughs> Ian, where would you like people to find you on the internet? Find me on Twitter at Witsend, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. Um, come and talk to me about Star Trek, mainly because that's all I post about. If you don't like Star Trek, I would not follow me because you'll be very annoyed. And find <laughs> me on Captain's Pod, the Star Trek companion podcast where we are currently insta-podding, reviewing... Um, season three of Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated Rick and Morty does Star Trek show, yeah. which we love. It's incredible. So funny. So good. That is Captain's Pod, if you want to look that one mm. up. Thank you again, Ian, for being here. Also, thank you to our Sif Pop members. Love you. Appreciate you. Starts at three bucks a month. Uh, bonus episodes at a certain level and some other fun perks you can check out. Patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Or you can email us at feedback at SifPop.com. And finally, if you are having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than staying focused in prayer when Sterling K. Brown takes his shirt off. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with some more stuff. Uh, it is that movies. time of year where we review movies but don't necessarily know a week ahead. So uh, we'll catch you guys then. Love you. Bye. Bye. true. <laughs> Nicely done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.